Welcome back to Two Bookworms. One podcast. The book club podcast where two best friends talk about books and uh, plenty of other stuff. Everything. I'm Cameron. And I'm Lacey. And this is our talkie-sode. Yes. And today we're going to talk about like books we've read lately. Um, we couldn't really come up with a theme. Yeah. Everything I thought of, I was like, oh, I feel like we've already done that. So we're just going to talk about shit we've read lately. Just everything. No. Yeah. Let's, uh, we'll do our second suite. What's your suck for the week? <clears throat> the mask mandate Dang. that the governor removed. Like we've gone a couple places, and like we're yeah. probably just gonna take stuff again because. So our governor, yeah, the genius that he is, um, announced everything was gonna open back up to one hundred percent. Okay, great, because you know they had been limiting like restaurants and bars and places of business could only have like so many people. Um, so the, we're like, that's great, open it up. But then he also said, oh, and by the way. The mask mandate's ending, so you don't have to. Wear you don't a have mask. to wear a mask now. A private business can say you must wear a mask to enter, and but those you, are only private businesses. You would have to comply. So, like Target's making you wear a mask, Kroger's, um, but not everyone. Like Walmart's not making you. Um, so yeah, people are wild and down here. They yeah. opened up the clubs. They had a live show at a venue here, Honky Tonk. That's yeah. local. Um, there was something else that I saw, and I was like. Oh, the St. Patrick's Day Patty's Parade. Day Parade last week, yeah. Yeah. Um, I cannot believe they did that. I didn't see anything on the news about it or anything. I didn't until it popped up on my phone the day of. So, if you're, like, local to Dallas, the St. Patty's Day is buck wild. It's so massive. much fun. Um, I've been. I had a great time. But they canceled it last year because that was, like, the beginning of lockdown. Mm-hmm. And I, Lacey texted me. She was like, they have the St. Patrick's Day Parade. I was like, What? I cannot believe that. Like, no, I can't either. Ugh. I cannot either. So, we're scared for our lives down here. <laughs> we just stay home. And then they're like, well, if you don't, if you want to wear a mask, if you're scared, just stay home. Like, why are you so selfish that wearing a piece of fabric over your face exactly. is like, you you just can't exactly. do it. Like, And why aren't you scared? You're a disgusting person. But like, why aren't you scared? If they were like, hey Cam, um, the mask may or may not work, but it might work. All you have to do is wear it. I'd be like, okay, yeah, if I can potentially save someone's life, I'll wear a piece of fabric over my face. Not to mention, it covers up my hormonal acne, so winning. Hey. And you can like coordinate it to your outfit. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, you can't breathe. And I'm like, um, yeah, cotton breathes. Cotton yeah. breathes. You can breathe. Um, you might be smelling your own breath, but you can breathe. That means fine. you need to brush your teeth and floss. <laughs> That's a you problem that you need to work on. I worked in the dental field for 10 years. The majority of my day I spent in a mask. wearing a mask. I'm alive and I'm fine. I did not get carbon monoxide poisoning or carbon dioxide poisoning, what they say. Um, Doctors wear a mask every day. No one's sick. Shut the fuck up and wear your mask. Jesus. Ugh, don't even get me started. Okay. My suck for the week is... This is really stupid. I OD'd on retinol, which, if you're not familiar, um, retinol is... It's put into a lot of beauty products. It's like um, a vitamin A mix that has, like, anti-aging effects. So, it's mixed into a lot of beauty products. But I, you can also just, like, get it by itself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think they'll even, like, if you have really bad acne, I think they'll prescribe it for you. But I wanted it because I'm getting old and uh, I want to look younger. 
and I heard it's really good for like cell turnover because you know when you like hit a certain age, your skin stops making things like collagen and right. you know you just start getting wrinkles and stuff. And people are like, "Oh my god, it's amazing! You got to use it." But I had heard they're like, "Be super careful with it because it can." I've used products before, like um, I used an Estee Lauder eye cream. I got chemical burns under my oh, eyes from it. No. So retinol is like not really something you want to use every day. And um, one of my friends, her name is Victoria. She's an esthetician. She was like, you need to mix it with something like a, like a moisturizer or an oil and work your way up to it. So I started out once a week mm-hmm. and it was fine. And um, I also started a new skincare regimen anyways, like whole new brand and stuff because I was having such horrible um, hormonal acne. Like I usually get like a one pimple a year, but lately it's just been like nonstop. So I tried, I, I went and tried a whole new system. I was really liking it. And I got their retinol and I was using it once a week. I was like glowing. I felt really good. So then I was like, all right, well, I'm going to bump it up to twice a week. <laughs> I was not ready. Um, <laughs> you, too soon. To it look at my soon. skin, it looked fine. You couldn't tell. But my face was burning. It was just like raw. I still kind of have some scales under my eyes. Mm-hmm. It's just like really scaly. And now it's, like, peeling. So it looks like I've had a really bad sunburn or some shit. Um, one of the masks that you gave me, the cucumber mask, yeah. they were like, if you go deed on retinol, use this cucumber mask because it'll, like, lock in moisture. Because now I'm just, like, dry AF. So, yeah, if you're using retinol, be careful. Um, do not bump it up to twice a week until you've been using it for a while. Also, apparently if you're pregnant or nursing, you can't use retinol because it causes, like, birth defects. Weird. Because my mom was like, you can't use that. And I'm like, mom, I'm not pregnant or getting pregnant. Yeah. She's like, it causes birth defects. And I'm like, I've already been birthed. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, if you want to talk more about retinol, just let me know. Uh, message me. What's your sweet for the week? For the week. My sweet for the week is we planted our spring garden. Oh, okay. What'd you plant? Everything. We've got spinach. We've got tomatoes, eggplants, cabbage. I'm excited because last year Lacey brought me this huge basket of like eggplants and bell peppers Mm -hmm. and jalapenos and hatch green chilies. We have poblano. Yeah, that's what they were, poblano. Uh, Cantaloupe. Yeah, cantaloupe. Um, It was just like, I was like, holy shit. She's like, here, this is just like some extra stuff we had. No. We made, like, Steve and I made eggplant parmesan. We so had that good. several times. It was so good. So I'm excited to get the extras. <laughs> um, I, I think the year before that, or the last year that we lived here, you brought over a butt ton of spinach. Yeah. So we had spinach for a while. Yeah, That's exciting. That our winter garden for y'all left. So, like, how long does that stuff take to grow and, like, be ready? It depends on what, what it is. A couple months. It'll be ready before June. Okay. Is that, like, normal planting times? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, my sweet for the week is, it hasn't come out yet, but by the time this comes out, the Snyder Cut will be out. It comes out Thursday. I took off of work. I'm so excited. Um, William and I are excited. He was. Ta- I think he talked about it on our last talk he said. Um, <laughs> it would be cool to do, like, a watching party because we all, like, so... He and his wife and Steve and I saw, we all saw the Justice League together. So if you're not familiar, I've talked about it before. The Snyder Cut is basically a redo of the movie Justice League. To make a long story super short, the filmmaker Zack Snyder, um, he did Man of Steel. He did Batman v Superman. He produced all the other DC movies like Wonder Woman, Aquaman. 
So he was trying to do what Marvel has done, but for DC. And so it it was to the point where it was Justice League, which would be like the Avengers. Right. And they had filmed the entire movie. And then um, tragically his son killed himself. And so they were in the editing process and he was like, I need to, I can't deal with this right now. Like I need to take care of my family. So he stepped away and Warner Brothers hired Joss Whedon, who has made Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He made Avengers 1 and 2, which were all successful. So I guess Warner Brothers was like, this guy knows what to do. Mm-hmm. We'll get him to edit it. Well, and this has happened on a few different, like, so Batman v Superman, I love the movie. William did not love it. A lot of people did not love it. There's an extended version, which is like three hours long. The theatrical version is like two and a half hours long. So Warner Brothers made him cut it down, but they took out like essential parts of the story. Yeah. So like Steve was watching the extended cut for the first time. He was like, wow. So I was wondering, like, it kind of makes it all make sense. So Warner Brothers is trying to like put their hand, like if you hire someone to do a job, let them do the job. Right. I understand you want it to be shorter, but you're taking out essential shit. So I guess when Zack Snyder stepped away and they had Joss Whedon, they were like, hey, this is our opportunity to kind of make it how we want it. So it's very common for movies, especially a movie of that caliber, to have reshoots. Mm -hmm. Well, Joss Whedon reshot an hour and 45 minutes of that movie. It's basically a whole other movie. So cut forward to the fans seeing it and we're like, this sucks. It doesn't, the story doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. It's not cohesive with the other stories that you have in these standalones like Aquaman. It's like nothing, the stories aren't lining up. So you're like, they've tried to make it funny like Avengers. That's fine, but that's not the tone that was set in the previous movies for DC. So it was a, it was not a good movie. It was not good. Um. The act, I mean, no one's, no one, a Warner Brother exec unnamed came out and said, yeah, we knew the movie sucked, but it was at that point, what could they do? Not release it? How about that? Wait for Zack Snyder to yeah. come back. So the Stop fans, being money hungry, maybe, you know? It was like a, I don't, it was in passing or something. Zack Snyder's like, yeah, that's a totally different movie. That's not my movie. Um, so the fans were like, well, we want to see your movie. So this has been many years. I mean, that movie came out well, like four years ago. So HBO Max, which is now a streaming service, they were like, hey, let's do it. Let's do the Snyder Cut. Let's see. Let's." And the fans are like, hell yeah, because we've been like, we want to see it. We want to see it. So he did a bunch of reshoots last year to add. So it's four hours long. Yes. I'm so fucking excited, dude. I took off of work. I think William said he tried to take off of work, but he couldn't. There was no time. So sorry, Will. I'll be watching it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he'll be watching it, too. But yeah, that's my sweet. Super long. I am super pumped um also i guess this kind of a suck wandavision sucked they really fucked it all up i told you how excited i was the finale yeah sucked they just like had all these opportunities to really make like really and they go the wrong way and they just like chicken it's like they chickened out yeah they made so remember i told you the x-men dude came on they just made him like a rando like his real name was ralph boner you have an opportunity to bring the X-Men into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, you and you're going to waste it. <sighs> WandaVision, you really let me down. Okay. So this has nothing to do with the books. 
nor does it have anything to do with about my suite, but it made me laugh so hard. So I thought it might make you laugh and our listeners laugh. So has nothing to do with books. Go ahead and fast forward if you're pissed off that I'm talking about this. You might as well skip to next week. J-Lo and A-Rod. Yeah. Okay. I'm not really one to keep up with celebrity news, but this is kind of big news. It was announced that they had broken up. Mm -hmm. They've come back now and said, no, we have not broken up. We're still together. We're just working on some things. But it took like a day and a half for them to say that. So when everyone thought they broke up, um, do you know who Jose Canseco is? I don't think so, but it sounds He's another former Major League Baseball player. Okay. Um, Yeah, that's why. He's a little cuckoo. Uh, The the shit that he tweets is just, like, out there. So the reason I even know about this is because one of my friends, my Facebook friends, posted a screenshot of 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 his tweets reacting to the J-Lo and A-Rod breakup. Um, Because apparently he has, like, major beef with A-Rod. Like, always has. He accused A-Rod and his ex-wife of having an affair. And I think they played on a few different teams together. I would have to ask Steve. So the tweets are fucking funny. So I'm going to read them to you. If you need a laugh, here you go. Um, so I guess I'll, I guess I'll start at the bottom because Twitter, like the top would be the newest. So let me go to the bottom. Um, let me make sure that I don't miss anything because when Steve read them, okay, so we were driving to the tulip field yesterday in the car and it was a really long drive. So Steve's reading these to me and we are like crying, laughing. Okay. So the first tweet is he's like reposting a page six article that says Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez break up and call off their two year engagement. He tweets, no surprise. (laughs) Then the next tweet says Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez will go their separate ways this year. And Alex Rodriguez will hook up with the fitness model. This was him retweeting himself from January. So he had said in January, they're going to, this is going to be the year they break up. And he said in his next tweet, Alex Rodriguez is the most predictable person on this planet. <laughs> next tweet. Well, J-Lo and A-Rod broke up. Well, I wonder who told you so. The truth hurts. <laughs> next tweet. Next girl you see A-Rod with will be a 25 to 30 year old hot fitness model. The truth hurts. <laughs> hey, Jennifer Lopez. By the way, I am single and I can be faithful. He's <laughs> <laughs> shooting a shot. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez needs a man that will be by your side 247 who is older than you are and it's broke. I fit that category perfectly. I'm your man. By the way, there's many uh, gram- grammar what? errors, so that's what I'm reading. What does he even look like? He's not. Look him up. He's not cute. <laughs> Next. I guarantee you that Alex Rodriguez will uh, be trying to get a hold of my ex-wife Jessica very soon if he has not done it by now. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Lopez, I would fight for you, but I have two torn shoulders and a bad knee from my last fight. (laughs) 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 I would fight for you, but I have two torn shoulders. (laughs) Did you look up his picture? Yeah, I am. Okay, let me see. I also... I'm not going to get into that. I'll tell you that off the air. (laughs) Is that... 
bad that he's older, so I'm not yeah, really Yeah, he into played it. when we were, like, kids. Yeah. 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 Um, by the, okay, this is the next tweet, and this is where it just goes off the rails. You ready? I'm ready. By the way, I am not a witch. I am a warlock. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I live on a different plane than most of you. Oh, my God. I understand science as well as supernatural. (laughs) (laughs) We took a hard left turn. (laughs) Just wait. Everything I have predicted has come out to be 100% accurate. I have time traveled into the future. Only one species will survive. I can also tell you the value of Bitcoin in three years. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, side note, not from Jose. Um, Steve bought a bunch of Bitcoin when it was down and he's made a lot of money on it. So buy some Bitcoin, y'all. That's why I guess Jose did that. Okay, you ready? Mm -hmm. Aliens find us to be a minimal threat because we have not learned how to time travel by folding time. I mean, he's not wrong. No, yeah. Okay, so there, he's going to mention someone named Madison. And she's from this show, I don't know, some stupid reality show that said she was, tw- she was like, sexting with A-Rod while he was with J-Lo. So Jose tweeted, wow, Madison looks a lot like my ex-wife Jessica. They could be twins. That's his time. <laughs> <laughs> this was this morning. Good morning to everyone, especially Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> There's also a thing where he posted a picture of his daughter, beautiful girl, and she's like on the cover of Maxim magazine. And he said, my beautiful daughter, Poop, love her very much. So people are like, why is he saying Poop? And she tweeted, yes, my nickname is Poop. So his daughter's nickname is Poop. And someone said, the fuck is the backstory on that? And she said, when I was eight, I pooped my pants in my dad's car because I had six root beer floats. True story. <laughs> so her nickname is Poop. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> Listen, when I saw, the first tweet I saw was, by the way, I'm not a witch. I'm a warlock. I was like, this shit's about, about to get good. Oh, Here so we go. if you want some entertainment, just go to Jose Canseco's Twitter feed. It is fucking hilarious. <sighs> I need to take a breath in that. Did you find? Did you enjoy that? Yeah. I did. Okay. Yeah. So before we get into our talk episode, a I few things. This is gonna roll back to our episode that we did in Oklahoma, where we talked about. Um, did we do like spooky stuff or? Yeah. Okay. So you talked about Bigfoot. So this is a CNN article by Lauren M. Johnson. Oklahoma lawmaker proposes a bill that calls for creation of a Bigfoot hunting season. Oh, my goodness. Um, So Bigfoot may be considered a myth, but that's not stopping one Oklahoma lawmaker from proposing open season on the creature. Representative Justin Humphrey introduced the bill to the Oklahoma legislature earlier this month. The bill reads that the hunting season would be regulated by the Oklahoma Wildlife Conservation Commission, which would set annual dates along with specific hunting licenses and fees. (laughs) 
They're trying to make money. This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> because you'd hunt it. Everyone would hunt it. <laughs> that is one of the dumbest. Okay. If you're not from the area, Texas and Oklahoma have a fierce rivalry. Yes. Where we border one another. You know, yeah. Texans say Oklahomans are stupid. Oklahomans say Texans are stupid. Um, but this just proves that Oklahomans are <laughs> Okay, this proves what Texans are trying to say. They would never have a Bigfoot season. (laughs) But we did in our mask mandate, so. Yeah. Oklahoma wins that round. Yep. (laughs) I'm sure they won't do that. Well, do they have one, though? Yeah, right. They may not even have one. It's, um, it gets a little wild up there in Oklahoma. They don't got much to do up there. (laughs) I could get crazy in the woods, too, if I was there all the time. Yeah. Okay. But Bigfoot. (laughs) So this goes back to our last talk you said. You and William, um, y'all were pissed about the Game of Thrones? Yes. <clears throat> okay. Game of Thrones. Ten biggest flaws in the final season that the books can fix. Mm-hmm. So this is book related, y'all. Don't at me. This is on ScreenRant.com by Colin McCormick. So I'm going to give you the ten things that they say the books can fix, okay? Yes. Number ten. The Night King's plan. <clears throat> Though there was a lot of other stuff going on in the show. It seemed like the main focus of the final season would be the Night King and his army. Mm-hmm. After breaking through the wall at the end of season seven, they were marching on, is it Westeros? Westeros. Okay. To fulfill the Night King's evil plan, but the show never really got into what the plan was. No. There were vague presumptions about wiping away Westeros? Westeros. History and turning everything into members of his army of the dead, but no motivations were given. Martin enjoys building complex villains. So it's unlikely he'll leave the Night King as some one-dimensional goal. <clears throat> oh, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> Number nine, Death of the Dragons. Mm-hmm. From the end of the first season, Daenerys... Is, am I saying that right? Daenerys. Daenerys dragons have been one of the most important aspects of the show. They made her the powerful ruler she eventually became, and they provided some of the best action sequences in the show. They did. So the way the show just cast them aside spoke to how rushed the final season yep. was. At the As the end of the season approached, the show killed off one of the dragons in the most random and anticlimactic way. Uh-huh. While it's likely that the last, or excuse me, that at least two of the dragons will die in the book, Martin will assuredly make it more impactful and have it matter to Daener- Daenerys? Daenerys. Daenerys in particular. Number eight, the Night King's defeat. <clears throat> Despite his lack of motivation, the Night King was a pretty solid villain which made his death such a letdown. After so much buildup, it felt like he was taken out too easily. Yep. Arya? Arya. Arya being the one to kill him made sense, yep. but the execution robbed the character of a great mm-hmm. moment. Martin might be known for his shocking deaths, but he likes to build to those moments rather than having them come out of nowhere. If the Night King's death will be the same in the books, Martin can plant the seeds and make it more exciting. <clears throat> yeah, I don't have to run it. I just have a little... <laughs> a little phlegm. I think it's from... Allergies. Yeah. <clears throat> Number seven. Euron Greyjoy as a villain. Euron. Yeah, he was... Yeah. I could see that. Um, Number six. I hope I'm saying that. Jamie and Cersei. 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 Yeah. The relationship between them was a complex one in the show, but fans mm-hmm. started to grow tired of it by the final season. Mm-hmm. It was clear Jamie had to move on, but he eventually went back to Cersei so the yep. two of them could die together when Daener- 
Daenerys. God, these names. Yeah, I know. Attacked King's Landing. Martin seems to have been aware of how much of the relationship fans would put up with and had Jaime leave Cersei much earlier in the story. This sets up a much more fulfilling reunion which could still have them dying in each other's arms or Jaime killing her. Uh, number five, Tyrion's downfall. Mm-hmm. He's likely to experience a similar downfall in the books, but Martin can make it make sense for the character. Yes. It's not fun seeing a smart character suddenly become dumb to exactly. save the story. Thank you. Martin can maintain Tyrion's intelligence and have his failings come from somewhere else. Look, this this guy. <laughs> He's woke. This guy. He was pulling little strings every season along the way hmm. for like this big grand scheme. Yes. Okay. And then it just you're like, at the end when when like what happens to him, you're like, really? Oh, you're like sucks. this this guy that could like predict five moves ahead of chess just fell to something that he could see with his plain eyes. Yeah. No. <clears throat> That's kinda how I feel about the death of Dean Winchet. Sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, I don't watch it in a supernatural. I have it, but Dean uh, dies the most stupid, boring way, and it's like he's gone through all that to die like this. Yeah, no, thank you. Number four, the Battle of Winterfell. <clears throat> um, it says Game of Thrones deserves all the credit in the world for showing the scale of what can be done on a television show. While the Battle of Winterfell should have been the most epic battle in the show, it, it was a messy and dull showdown. Yep. Is that the one you said you couldn't see anything? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> uh, number three, Bran becomes king. Yeah. Few predicted that he would sit on the Iron Throne by the end of the series, that and the decision too. didn't sit well with many fans. No. Who did y'all want to be? There was quite a few good contenders, but never Bran. Mm. He's it, more of like an oracle. Gotcha. It was made worse by Tyrion's pointless reasoning of Bran having the best story. Not only is that a bad reason for choosing a king, but there are many characters with more interesting stories than Bran. Yeah. Martin likely told the showrunners Bran would be king, but his reasoning is probably much different. The fact that Bran becomes the three-eyed raven and can now see everything that has happened throughout history is a much better reason for making him king. <clears throat> Number two. Daenerys turns evil. Yep. One of the most controversial aspects of the final season was her becoming the villain. The problem was that the show presented it as a twist rather than character development, and her motivations felt like she was upset that Jon Snow wasn't in love with her. Martin has been planting the seeds for this much more effectively, and it's easy to see how it will play out. In Essos, Daenerys was celebrated by the people as a savior, so for her to be seen as an invader by the people of Westeros. It would shatter her heroic mission and drive her to do something extreme. You agree? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I don't... I don't think she should have turned crazy because a lot of it was her choice. Hold up. I do know. Mm-hmm. Wasn't she fucking her nephew? Yes. Okay. Jon Snow was her nephew. They didn't know about it until... Were they already fucking? Yeah. Okay. They were already fucking and then they found out. Okay. And he was like, no, no. And she was like, Wait. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, too late. Number one thing that should change. What do you think it's going to be? Hmm. I don't know. Because okay. there was lots wrong. Jon Snow's ending. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Jon yeah, Snow yeah, yeah. slowly became the hero of the story. But he should have final- been <laughs> the final season made him an inactive character yep. who made countless bad choices. Yep. 
Even his ending didn't make any sense as he was sent back to the Night's Watch despite the wall no longer being there. Yeah. However, Martin could make this ending quite poignant for John. Am I saying that right? Yeah. After learning his true parentage and that he is the true heir to the throne, John could realize that ultimately he is Ned Stark's son and his place in the North. Yep. He should have been king. Why wasn't he? He's a bastard. Basically. I thought he wasn't, though. I thought, in reality, he was... They were married or whatever. But she died, or they, like, hit him or something. I don't know. I don't watch this shit. This is just what, this is what my mom tells me. I don't my know, mom loves it. I don't remember all the me. details because it's been so long, but I know they hid him because... I think I can't remember if it was the current king or somebody else was killing everybody that could be king. Mm. So they hid him because there was also there was a plot twist at one point that one of the one of the kids in the village he was like uh, wouldn't be a welder but like blacksmith mm-hmm. he was like the blacksmith's assistant mm-hmm. it was like rumored at one point that he was like the king's real son so like they were trying like they were on a man hunt for him oh god <clears throat> that's crazy okay well. I guess we'll start talking about... Well, that's a book. So, yeah. That's about books. Mm-hmm. Also, before... Okay, two things before we start talking about. Um, if this is a book, Behind Her Eyes Ooh. is a Netflix show. You have got to watch it. It's in the list. Um, I've talked to... I haven't read the book. I've talked to a few people that have said it's, it is... It's very, very similar. And um, I kind of don't want to read the book. Mm-hmm. Because of, like, the whole Rebecca situation. Yeah. The show, I'm not going to lie, it's fucking boring. But that last episode. Puts it all together and you're like, So much happens. You're just like, And then it's like, a twist happens and you're like, okay. But it was actually like, the reverse. And you're like, oh my god. (laughs) You have to watch it. It's so, it's so good. It's, um, Yeah. Everyone was talking about it. That's why I've watched it. And then Steve and I were like looking at each other. Steve enjoyed it. It was wild. <laughs> it's one of those. It's one of those endings and those shows that you're you're like you're still talking about it. You're yeah. like, damn, dude. So yes, if you have not watched Behind Her Eyes, watch, watch it. it. If you have not read it, read it. Um, I don't know that I want to read it. I had told someone before. I'm just kind of over watching stuff that's been that's come from a, i'm either I gonna read too. it or i'm gonna watch it i don't really want to do both anymore well although rebecca was a very good adaptation i will give them that i feel like if i read it and i really like it then i do want to see the movie but it's but i'm always gonna be it. disappointed i'm yeah, always gonna be disappointed Same. Same. i mean very rarely i can think of a few examples where the movie was better stardust way better than the book totally different than the book practical magic practical magic um but i saw the movies first yeah so i'm wondering if that's something yeah i think it i think it does like sometimes when we read the books we know the books better than the movie yes but then some people like the movies better some people like the movies also another book that i love the hating game i they just finished filming the movie Mm -hmm. so i'm pretty excited about that um the hating game is such an underrated book everyone should read it love it um, they cast Lucy Hale as the chick. It's pretty good. I think, I think, I think she'll do a good job. It's kind of like how I described her in the book from what I remember. I read it a really long time ago. So, 
um, that's some book news. I guess we'll talk, finally talk about our talkie sewed, um, books that we've read lately. So I just finished this book like Friday. Mm-hmm. It's called Nothing to See Here. It was so good. It was so funny. Like I, I was constantly laughing. Mm-hmm. So it's about this woman that she's got like a single mom and she's from a lower income family and she gets a scholarship to this like basically like Chilton. Did you watch Gilmore Girls? Yes. Basically like Chilton for girls. Mm-hmm. Um, so she goes there and her roommate Madison, they become like really best friends, really good best friends. And um, well, Madison, it is, she, her family, uh, I think her last name was like Billings. It's supposed to be like a department store that her family owns. So she's like very wealthy because she told her mom's boyfriend like, oh yeah, my roommate's name is like Madison Billings. And he's like, like the store. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, it's like a big department store in like the South. Like everyone shops there. Like I bet she's filthy rich. And she's like, no, I doubt that's her, but it is her. Um, so Madison, they find some cocaine in her desk. Oh, Lord. So Madison's dad asked, shit, I forgot her name, the main character, it's something with an L, Lillian maybe? Uh, Lillian, yes. He says, hey, he takes her and her mom to dinner to like a fancy steakhouse. He's like, order whatever you want. He's like, I think that the headmaster would be more lenient on you because you're like a scholarship student and um, I think they would make an example out of Madison because we're wealthy and we're famous. So can you say it was your cocaine? And then you'll probably just get like suspended for a few weeks, but then you'll be fine. And I'll give you $10,000. So of course the mom, who's a single mom, was like, yeah, was like, absolutely. And Lillian was like, I don't want to do that. Like I'm on scholarship, dude. And Madison didn't really want to do it either. She's like, dad, I don't want to ask my friend to do this. So they do it. And Lillian gets expelled. Of course. So she is going back to her regular high school. And it really, like, puts her in a depressed state. And she doesn't really do anything with her life. So the book picks up where she's an adult. She's, like, working at a grocery store. And, of course, Madison, even though she was rich and even though she got in trouble, um, she still became, like, she's, like, married to a senator now. And she would have even if she would have been expelled or whatever. So they're still pen pals. And Madison says, hey, I have a job for you. Why don't you come out here and I'll tell you about it. And she's like, "I'll here's a bus ticket. And she's Lillian's like, okay, well, I don't really have anything else going on, so I might as well. So she, and, and it's her friend, and it's her best friend, and she's like, hey, you know, what's going on? And she's like, this is going to sound a little crazy, but um, my husband, the senator, we think he's going to be, it's looking really good that he's going to be the next Secretary of State, because the current Secretary of State for the United States is, like, ill, and he's about to die. So they're like, we think it's, we think it's going to happen, and it's going to be him, and um you know, we got to keep our image looking good. And they have like Madison and the Senator have a kid together, but he's also been married before and has two older kids that are like eight or nine or something. Mm-hmm. And she's like, so we just want you to kind of like be their, like their nanny and like Lillian, like their governess. She's like, yeah, like that. And she's like, okay, well like anyone could do this. And she's like, well, they're special. She's like, well, what do you mean they're special? And she's like, they have this thing where like they catch on fire 
but they're like totally fine afterwards and she's like i'm sorry what <laughs> and she's like i've never seen it she's like jasper's seen it but like um they get angry and they like catch on fire but it doesn't hurt them and then it just like goes away and she's like excuse me okay yeah. so she goes to meet these kids and the first time she meets them it's like <laughs> these kids are wild they've been like they're with so their mother died and they're living with her parents who don't really know what to do with them. So they just like go swimming every day. They can't put them in school. They'll freaking burn the school yeah. down. So Lillian goes to meet them and she's like, hey kids. And they're like, who are you? And she's like, you know, I'm going to take care of you. Da, da, da. And they're like, okay. Well, they like bite her. One of them bites her. Oh my God. And she's like, run. And she's telling the other one, run. And then they get mad and they catch on fire. And she's like, oh, they didn't catch on fire. <laughs> so she takes them, they take them home with them. And she's, like, living in a guest house with them because they really don't want the public to know that the future Secretary of State has these kids that catch on fire. And all the while, Madison's like, yeah, it must have come from their mom's side. Like, Jasper said that, you know, she was, like, crazy and she had, like, a darkness in her. So we don't really know what it is. They take them to this doctor that's, like, discreet, and he thinks it's, like, something supernatural. He's like, well, either it's, like, God's fire or you're a demon. And the kids are like, we're a demon? So the narrator is Lillian and she's very funny. She's like, um, Hey, what if we, uh, she has a, another person, Carl, who's kind of like, he's not Jasper's personal assistant, but he like oversees the household and every, let's make sure tie up any loose ends. Yeah. So he's like, well, my friend works in Hollywood and he's a stunt man. And he told me about this gel that they put on before they do a, a stunt with fire. So maybe we could put it on the kids. So she's like, okay, we'll go ahead and get a bunch of that gel. We'll just cover them in that gel, and then maybe they won't catch on fire. And they get them, like, these suits that, like, NASCAR drivers wear that are, like... (laughs) The flame-retardant suits, yeah. So it's really funny. Well, then Jasper does become Secretary of State, and um, they have the baby that he has with Madison. They're all standing there, like, talking about it. And um, the baby catches on fire. Oh, so it's him. So it's him. And then, like, a bunch of other stuff happens. It's a very funny book. It has an interesting ending. It's it's different. Um, it's a good ending. It's not a bad ending. But it's such a funny book. It's <laughs> such, like, an original story. Yeah. I really, really enjoy it. And it's super, it's only, like, 250 pages, I oh, think. It's pretty good. short. Yeah. It's really good. I think everyone should read it. And that's by, let's see. Uh, Nothing to See Here by Kevin Wilson. It's a good one. Um, so I asked our listeners some things that they have read, and I'm pulling up our Instagram. I didn't even know. Apparently, Veronica Roth, who wrote Divergent, Uh has a new book. It's called The Chosen Ones, Hmm. and let's see. I'd be interested to read that. Okay. This was from Lauren. And um, she said it's one of her first books for an adult audience. And it was definitely an interesting premise. It shows us the aftermath of a world-changing event and how the heroes have coped saving the world in the years that follow. It was grittier than I thought it would be, but I loved it. So I looked it up on Goodreads because I was like, I've never heard of this. Like, what is this book about? It is a series because it says it's the first. It says, like, number one. Okay, five 20-something heroes famous for saving the world when they were teenagers must face even greater demons. 
and reconsider what it means to be a hero, by destiny or by choice. A decade ago near Chicago, five teenagers defeated the otherworldly enemy known as the Dark One, whose reign of terror brought widespread destruction and death. This is a really long synopsis. But just that alone. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. And it looks like the next book in the series is untitled, so I guess she has not released it yet. She's probably still writing it. Let me see when this first one came out. Or editing. Oh, the first one came out April of last year. So pretty new. Yeah. Pretty new. Um, let's see what else we got here. Kelly at Booked Bandit read The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna, which I really want to read. And she gave it four stars. She said the Four Winds takes place in 1920s Texas, specifically Ooh. the Dust Bowl and the Great Depression. Elsa, taught to believe she doesn't deserve love, ends up fighting for her family in California while finding her strength and worth as a woman. I could not put this book down. I needed to know how this family was going to survive the horrors of the Dust Bowl, and I especially liked the uni- u- unionization. I cannot talk today. I can't talk any day. Angle while in California. I also fell in love with the characters, especially Rose and Tony, and of course the Spitfire Loretta. However, as much as this was a page turner for me, I feel like there was something missing in the writing. I almost felt as though there was something a bit forced and a little inauthentic. That's why I'm six and a half and a star. So, four off five stars. Not bad. Four wins, yeah. I'd like to find a really good series. I don't know. Just finish the Magical Bakers. Yeah, I need to. I need to too. I definitely. Need I might to. restart those because I have them all, I believe, or maybe I was missing one. There's a few series that I'm kind of in the middle of. Um, the Beautiful Bastard series and the Blue Moon series. I kind of need to pick that back up. Oh yeah, I gave up on the Blue Moon series. Did you? Well. S- you started reading Blue Moon? Maybe it's Blue Bullets that I'm thinking about. Oh okay. Blue Moon. Blue Moon is about the Pierce family. Well, the first three books are about the Pierce. And it's no, a different I've read that one. Okay, you would like it. Did you start reading uh, Tetra Ruin yet? No, not yet. Are you going to like start it tonight? I've got it too. Yeah. And I don't know why I have it. Start it. I want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's good. I'll try to start it. I think I might start either tonight. I'm either going to start another Blue Moon book or the Hades perspective of A Touch of Darkness. I'll probably read the second one then, yeah. I've been really bad about not reading stuff when we don't have to read, but I've also we've also been getting busier and busier. It's just It's hard. Finding the time. It's hard mm. finding the time. Um another thing that I read I so I read another Kristen Hanna book called Between Sisters. It was pretty good. I mean, I don't think I've ever read a Kristen Hanna book that was not good. So it's interesting. It's like two sisters. That kind of had like a hard upbringing or interacting as adults, and one of them gets like cancer. It's good. You should read it. Um, I read Beautiful Stranger, which is the second Beautiful Bastard book, and it's um the friend Sarah. Yeah, and they're all different. Yeah, what's that dude's name? Max Stella. He's a British dude that she meets. It wasn't as good as Beautiful Bastard. Yeah, I didn't no. really care about these characters yeah. as much as I did in Beautiful mm-hmm. Bastard. I don't know why. That's why I don't read some of them because I'm like, I want one series that's about the same characters. 
I did read this book called Good Night Beautiful by Amy Molly. It was, it was, it was good, but it, it was like, it tried to have one too many twists. Mm. Also, there was a weird thing with the audiobook that I don't think people reading the book. So like, it kind of makes it seem, so this, this man is like a therapist and they move to, he marries this woman. They've only been married like a few weeks and they move to upstate New York because his mother has like Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And so he wants to go take care of her or she has like dementia. Something like that. Something like that, yeah. And he opens a practice upstate, and he's renting this office space from this person that owns this big, beautiful, like, historical Victorian home. So when the book starts, it's, like, his, the therapist's point of view, and then this other person's point of view. And you think it's his wife. But then it's not his wife. Because he goes missing, and the wife calls this person that you think it's... And you're like what like hold on so the office space belongs to this other person that owns the victorian house and you're like okay well that's weird well in the audiobook this narrator is a woman well then later on you find out that the owner of the house is a man so i'm like why did they have to if you're reading the book i'm i'm sure you would not have been confused it would have been a twist but you would have understand i had a hard time saying wait that that's a dude it's a woman's voice i don't understand like i did not I don't understand why they did that. Yeah. I guess to make me think it was his wife at the beginning. Yeah, but it's maybe. also like an older woman's voice. Because I was like, why did he marry this old lady? <laughs> <laughs> so the audiobook got me a little confused. Yeah. Um, I feel like there are maybe one too many twists. It was an entertaining book. Yeah. I enjoyed it. But it did. I was kind of like, wait. Wait a second. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I think. Those are pretty much my recent reads because, yeah, I'm already back to the push. So, anything that you would like to add? No. Because I have a. I don't have anything right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're reading that book that you said you already talked about, The Witches of. Of East End. Yeah, I haven't finished that yet. Because I just have, I haven't had time. You know, I started. Um, and it's a book that everyone's talking about being really good, Bringing Down the Duke by Evie Dunmore. I really could not. I can't get into mm. it. I really wanted to like it. I think it's one of those where it's different characters every book because mm. there is like a second and third book, I think. I just don't like those. I can't get invested. I need, yeah. You're giving I, me backstory on one character and then the next book yeah. is gone. I'm... Although it does work for Blue Moon and you'll see why. Because yeah. they all live in the same town and they're all still Intertwined. interacting with yeah. each other. So... You're going to keep seeing those characters in the other books. Okay. You'll, I think you'll like Blue Moon. It's good. I'll give it a go. Lucy score. Check it out. Um, so that's all I have. Do you have anything no. you would like to add? So we're, this week we're reading The Lost Apothecary by Sarah Penner. Yes. I'm really excited to read it. I haven't started it yet. Lacey and I are going to try to survive out here with these people that are maskless. We'll Somehow. Somehow. <laughs> We're not going anywhere. Uh, yeah, we're staying home. Not even for food. <laughs> um, send us your thoughts, your reviews, your questions, suggestions. We don't have a topic for our next talkie said yet. I'll post it on Instagram when we do. See what y'all want to talk about. Two bookworms, one podcast at gmail.com. Or our Instagram is at two bookworms, one podcast. That's all I got. Bye, guys. Bye. Little, say bye. Bye. <sighs>